This is Tom C, your weekly supply of the dark side. Not just the dogmatic narrow view of the Jedi. Hello, everybody. My name is Josh Roach. I am Casey Schreffler. T. Green. Today is Friday, December 6th, and there are 13 days left until the rise of Skywalker. Getting close, man. 11 days, I'll be there. Crazy. Less than two weeks. And in our viewing orbs, we will be... We will be uh, just soaking in the goodness of Star Wars. Viewing orbs. Uh, yeah, viewing orbs. Our, our spherical intake, you know, squishies. Our orbital ocular devices sound cooler. Yes, yes. All, all that, all that and more. But, man, yeah. So, speaking of episode nine, of course... There are, man, I can't even tell you how many TV spots have dropped. I think one, two, three, at least four since we last spoke. Yeah, they're building up the hype before the uh, release of the movie coming out, man. Yeah, to drop it. Are we are we are we building our hype? Are we watching these? They're each like thirty seconds. Well, I mean, I I haven't really sat down to watch each individual spot to well, i haven't spot i haven't watched places. any of these yeah i haven't watched them either so i'm asking you thaddeus <laughs> <laughs> are we watching these are we intaking them into our what'd you say casey orbital our orbital ocular devices yes our odds, our odds. <laughs> um i'm actually avoiding the rest of them i think i'm they're just I'm content. I'm content. Yeah. I mean, it's a 30 second spot. It's it's probably going to be the same footage cut up. Well, I, I know each of them. Each of them probably has like two seconds of new footage. Um, I think we should watch one. I'm sure there's something out there that has the compilation of the eight seconds of new footage. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's watch this one. I think it'll give us a good talking point. And then we can move, and we, we can move on. See, I struggle with this. We're we're a Star Wars podcast, right? People tune in to us for Star Wars news and mm-hmm. timely discussion. So, I mean, this is kind of our jam. So, on the one hand, I'm like you guys. I've been honestly, I I told Hannah after we saw that that teaser clip at Celebration, I was like, man, I I I might not watch anymore. And actually, on our way back from Celebration, um, we stopped at an Arby's, and I had some of my Celebration gear on and stuff, and this this uh, couple of guys comes up to me, a dad and his two sons, and we were talking about it, and I almost said something about the trailer, and one of them goes, whoa, 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 and he walked away, and I was like, what is, what's up with your one, you know, what's up with your son, he goes, and his brother goes, oh, he didn't watch the trailer. And he's going. He said he's going to avoid all trailers, all clips, everything, all social media too. That's a problem. Well, that's social what he's. Like, like if uh, 
if Game of Thrones was on and running and that was the thing, if I couldn't watch the episode until a day or two later, yeah, I would literally I could not turn on I could not watch anything on YouTube. Yeah. Because comment section. I could not turn on Facebook. I could not go to I couldn't do anything social media wise. I was just stuck. Couldn't even use like games that have chats. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> well, like the last TV spot that came out, I decided I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna watch any more TV spots. And then the last one I watched, I saw like whatever the new clip or whatever it was, it was all over my Facebook feed. You know, I'm part of all these Star Wars uh, groups and everything. So yeah, that's, that's where I, yeah, that guy, I was like, man, does he realize he's going to have to like swear off social media for the, I mean, especially for the last, I mean, we've just been getting bombarded, man. Yeah. It'll be the final movie that I see of the decade probably. Oh my. Have you seen Knives Out? No, but I've heard decent things. Yeah, I want to. I want to see it. I heard it's kind of like a less fun version of Clue. That's that's how like a really? a less fun version of Clue. Maybe that's one like, we should see it. That's how like a, a like a critic that um hates everything put it. Nostalgia, Nostalgia critic? critic. No, 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 no. He's the oh. guy that I'm on Facebook. He's he he, he hates everything too. All right, here we go. You ready? All right, let's go. It's too dangerous, Finn. I need to go alone. We're all in this till the end. We've got friends out there. Good people will fight if we lead them. They've taken enough of us. Now we take the war to them. That's the final battle. Begin. of Skywalker. Get tickets now. So this was Spot Dagger. I really like that spot, actually. It's a really good yeah. spot. It is really good. So at the beginning, we see the, uh, like, the aerial shot of the jungle planet where Ray is running about again. And then we get this short exchange between Ray and Finn. We're all in this till the end. She says that uh, she has to do this alone. We're all in this till the end. But uh, this actually they showed at um, this short little clip here was one of the things that uh, D23 that I got the bootleg footage of. If you remember yeah. like the 10 seconds of bootleg footage that I had back, back Yeah. Yeah, no, this I, I thought this trailer was pretty dope, dude. There's, there's nothing, there's, there's no complaints here. It, they're painting it as kind of a, uh, you know, we have all these people, we're going to win. Maybe they do, I don't know. They've taken enough from us. Start Time we start taking from them. So we see on Pasana here, it looks like a, uh, just like Festival one. Festival of Colors again. Yeah, but you see in the back. It's just like one track from like a sand crawler rolling around on its own. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? It's kind of weird. But the uh, we see the we see the falcon. It looks like Poe flying the falcon at this point. Yeah, it looks like a much younger hand. A much younger hand. So you're thinking that's who gets resurrected in this. Hand. No, hand. Not, not. I wasn't saying it like Lando. I was saying that is not Lando's hand. 
so uh, it looks like more ice shards and stuff. The Falcon's flying through again. More on that ice planet. But the biggest thing we see, uh, Kelly Marie Tran, The Hobbit, Billy Lord. But right here is that same hill where they're looking out. Uh, they're on the grasslands. They're looking out over the wreckage of Death Star 2, presumably. And Ray is holding... A dagger. She's not just holding it. She's holding it up, like like it's significant. It's showing her. It's some yeah. sort of map or something. Yeah. So it's definitely. So this TV spot is called Dagger. Uh, we spotted the dagger um, in her hand in uh, I don't know one of the previous trailers or something uh, when her and Kylo were both striking down that pillar that was holding up. Darth Vader's helmet. She has this dagger in her other hand. Yeah, I mean, and the dagger, I mean, that's clearly Imperial <clears throat> design. I mean, look at it. It looks like... You think it's Imperial? Like the, I mean, if you look at the indentations, it looks like the outside of an Imperial, like a Star Destroyer or like the Death Star. You know what I mean? I wish it was clear. Um, even, the, even the color and shape of it, like it's Maybe it's a, it almost looks like a key, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of cut like it, and whatever this weird thing is here that coming off the uh, scorpion's tail. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> what it looks like coming off the end. But so you think it's imperial? T, what do you think? I mean, I can see where it looks like a star destroyer. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna guess that that's just like some sort of inscription. I'd make more sense than it just it being like a kit bashed blade. Yeah, how do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be, or it could be like those, uh, like those intricate designs. If we're going with the key theory, are required to activate yeah. something. Now she's staring past, like at this, to the Death Star. And we had been talking a few weeks ago, why are Kylo and Rey both at the Death Star? Perhaps there's more than one dagger, mate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Raphael might be looking for his other uh, side. And also, I mean, Kylo could be being called by the dark, dark side, you know what I mean? If, if Palpatine is, in fact, back, which I think the consensus as of now is yes, then... Either that or they just rose him from the dead to do a whole lot of voiceovers. <laughs> <laughs> or all these TV spots. It was still super cool when he walked out at Celebration. T, I can't explain to you how awesome this, it was for us all to be sitting in this room with the amount of hype and just like that crowd mentality. And you watch, they go through the whole panel or whatever they had which how long was that panel case yeah, i mean it was at least an hour an hour of pretty much nothing like uh colbert was the host <laughs> and i guess they didn't follow a script for this normally they do like uh you know for these panels they do rehearsals and they kind of rehearse here's my question this is the answer we're going to give right evidently according to a couple of interviews and stuff i heard uh, they didn't get a chance to do that. So Colbert just came in with his questions and he had sent his questions and they're like, oh yeah, we'll, 
we'll talk about that. Yeah, yes, we can talk about this one. No, this one, that, yes. That. So he came in with the questions they said they could talk about. In case, if you remember, every question he asked JJ, JJ essentially found a different way of saying, I'm not going to talk about that. Right. <laughs> At one point, Colbert just literally, and I, I thought at the time this must have just been all, you know, uh, acted out. They had rehearsed this, but he just like threw his binder. He's like, oh. <laughs> and evidently that was real frustration because he's like, I came up with all these questions. You said we could have some talking points and we just sat here for an hour. The most we learned about was Anthony Daniels book coming out. But uh, yeah. then they go into the trailer. They play this, the first trailer, which was awesome. And at the end, if you remember, you hear the emperor's laugh. Yeah. And we're all like, what, what, Palpatine? And then Palpatine himself appears on stage and says, what do you say, Casey? He said, play it again. Yeah, roll it again. Oh, yeah, roll it again. And if you've ever, if, if the phrase instant barbarians was ever relevant, the entire crowd turned into, like, literally barbarians, the way they were screaming and yelling and crying. It was like being at a gladiator arena. Yes. Watching Maximus kill the emperor or something. You could like feel that. the energy. And I, the best reaction that I, I, uh, I heard or I was closest to was, uh, did we tell you about the girl at Celebration? Uh, no. So there was a girl that was outside in line and she was not actually able. She didn't win the lottery to get in, but we got her in because we had one extra spot. And uh she was freaking out oh she's uh, tripping yes it was like it was like uh how the girls used like how women used to react to the beatles <laughs> yeah that was and elvis yeah basically yeah it was just like i thought she was probably gonna fall over fainting scream yeah, we're, we're still friends with her on instagram D- dagobah something dagobah Daniela. Uh, daniella right yeah, I was actually uh, thinking about trying to reach out to her after the movie comes out and have her come on and catch up with us. Oh, I'm sure she watches The Mandalorian. We'll probably get her on for one of those. Oh, there you go. There you go. But yeah, so this dagger, I think I think it's going to have something to do with, this is going to be a MacGuffin, I think. I think this is actually going to be, my guess would be, because even Finn's looking at it. This is going to be a MacGuffin to lead to a MacGuffin. So I think the MacGuffin is going to lead them to the Death Star to pick up another MacGuffin to lead them to Palpatine. That's my, that's my guess. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the trailer, I mean, it's pretty much a whole lot of stuff we've already, this little TV spot we've already seen before. The, yeah, uh, put together in a different way with Palpatine's voice behind it. I think he does, he does say final battle. I don't remember him saying that before. Yeah. And then you have Dark Ray with her crazy snapping lightsaber. Now we take the war to them. Let the final battle begin. Yeah, so we have Dark Ray again. And it's cut to look like Kylo is drawing his saber at Dark Ray. Actually, uh, no, because they're both on the same side of the screen looking in the same direction. I mean, they put the two. It wouldn't be, the other person would be on the other side. It wouldn't be shot that way. Or maybe they're teaming up. It's 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 made to look like that, yeah, they're doing that. 
Well, she flips her saber out, and then Kyla flips his. Somebody was saying that uh, Ray's saber had that red ribbon on it that's around her arm. That, uh, I mean, is it possible that she went back to, uh, what's the planet, Octu? She does go back to Octu. We saw that in the... Is it possible that she sees, is that that's what she sees in there? It's like going into the cave and Dagobah type thing? Huh. It's possible. Uh, yeah, that's one, that's one big theory that it, it's just a, uh, a vision of hers. Now, I didn't see it on there, but uh, okay. Have you seen the Australian poster? Yeah, I looked at it. Now, what do you make of the most? I'm not very impressed with it, honestly. It looks like something that somebody might make in Photoshop. Yeah, it looks a little cartoonish. But uh, the biggest thing that I take from it is okay, so we see Ray. She's got that red ribbon around her hand. She's reaching yeah. for the Skywalker lightsaber that you can tell has been soldered back together. And in the background, you see a bunch of shots from a bunch of the different movies. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just playing towards the uh, this, this is the end of the saga type thing. Now, do you think there's any relevance to what we see in all these shots? There's a lot of Darth Vader. Yeah, Darth Maul. You have Grievous, and I mean, you have there's so many end Jedi starfighters. Like, or no, you have the Hoth, was the Hoth uh, tow cable things that took down the ATAT. Yeah, I don't know. There's yep. just so much in there. Like, I mean, what can you, what can you, you got just stuff in Front and center. This is what stood out to me. Up top, you got C3PO. Yeah, um, early creation of C3PO too. Yeah. So somebody on our uh, Facebook page suggested, are we finally going to see somebody lose a limb in episode nine in this, in this trilogy? Is that what's going on here? Is this race disembodied arm? That's why it's letting go. It is the left hand. The saver. What do you think, Case? <clears throat> Does this bode well for Ray or not? Uh, we can't hear you. We lost you. Uh, yeah, because I was thinking. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Ray's going to lose an arm. Um, Are we losing okay, anything? I guess she could. I mean, they, they have the t we have the technology to rebuild her. So. <laughs> Stronger. Faster. <laughs> Better. Yeah, I, it's, it's, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't see that. I don't see them destroying this, like, shining this like shiny pretty artifact that they created you know what i mean shiny pretty what artifact of ray yeah like i'm looking at her like her she's the shiny pretty artifact of this saga <laughs> well was it luke the shiny pretty artifact of the ot at yeah at the time i guess i mean my that was my mom's off crush. wasn't anakin the shiny pretty artifact of one, two, and three. And he, he lost a lot of limbs. Well, <clears throat> he, I mean, he was bright by the end of it for a minute. <laughs> yeah, you, you could say he was on fire. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, 
It's po- yeah, I mean, it's possible. I, I don't know. At this point in time, we yeah. don't have to wait that long to find out. 13 yeah. more days. <laughs> so in other news, just announced a Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser to debut in 2021 at Walt Disney World Resort. Now, this is the... Uh, yeah, this is the hotel experience. They're saying it, it's not just a resort, it's an experience. Um, so essentially what this is, T, is you check in here and the the play, the hotel is made to look like a starship, a giant starship. And your room, you don't have a window that looks outside. You have a huge LED behind a screen or behind a, a window that is supposed to be space. So it gives the illusion the whole time that you're flying through space. Hmm. And it's also, you sign up, I think it's three days. It's a three-day stay, all-inclusive with your meals and everything. And you get quests and missions. And all the people, the staff, they act in character as if they're in the Star Wars universe. You're provided with a wardrobe, like you're in the Star Wars universe. And you are to uh, fulfill these quests and missions, things you're looking for, things you're supposed to be doing on the ship and in the park in galaxy's edge can't have your breakfast until you finish your quests yep yep <laughs> you need to quest your eggs you, you've gotta <laughs> you've gotta get your puck and fulfill and get your uh, your tracking fob <laughs> and you uh you can't you know, come back and eat breakfast until you kill uh fennec shand you, so you know what this sounds like to me what's that our next family vacation? Yes. Oh, uh, no. It sounds very expensive is what it sounds like. Oh, it's very <laughs> expensive. I forget how much they... I don't think that... They still haven't announced the uh, prices yet, but I think it was somewhere around like 3000 or something a person. A person? A person. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. That's a but lot. there are group rates. There are group... They, they're saying that they're, for like a group of people, you get a much lower rate. A group of people, as in a family of three or four. I think <laughs> there's like, no way. There's no way I'm paying nine thousand dollars. Yeah. For myself, my wife, and my, at that point in time, four-year-old daughter. Well, probably what's going to have to happen is uh, you, Sean, myself, T, we're all going to have to go and experience this together. <laughs> Just leave the. Family. Honestly, it sounds more like an experience I'd want to have with like my friends that I would want to have with my children. Well, well there's a year award. You know what I mean though? Like you're <laughs> supposed to be going on quest. You're supposed to be immersed in this. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's going to be tough with a bunch of littles running around, but I just, I don't think it's worth that on top of the flight, on top of the park cost to get in. Yeah. It's Give just... it a few years by 2023. It'll be down to like 150. Oh, no way, dude. The Disney, like the, the, the Californian out here was like, it's like $500 a night just for the room. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully they, that's really inflated. They, like I said, they still, ha- I don't think they've announced how much it is just yet. And, and in, even if it is priced competitively, $3,000 a person sounds outrageous. That's like going on a Disney cruise. Like they're treating this like a Disney cruise where you're just in the resort this entire time and you don't go to the park like a land cruise. You go to the park. You go to Galaxy's Edge. Uh, if it includes tickets, maybe. Um, but 3000 sounds Yeah, it includes outrageous. Three, three days at the park 
and you're getting quests. So essentially it's like, um, uh, what's that dirty word you told me not to use? LARPing? <laughs> LARPing. Oh, not, there's nothing wrong with LARPing. People do it all the time. It sounds like you're you're paying to go and experience like the Star Wars get like an immersive Star Wars Galaxy experience. Yeah, no, I understand that. Well, the thing is, to, like, so, okay, so you're saying so they food get, and drink and everything while you're there. As as of right now, or maybe the rumors are you get wardrobe, but that just sounds expensive. You can't take that wardrobe to the park. So while you're at the park, no, you do. Doing, you can't wear costumes in the parks. Adults cannot do it. I mean. If they're providing you with one, then the reason why adults can't, they don't want people dressing up and having them mistaken. But if they have a specific type of wardrobe that, you know, is known, like, oh, that's a person that's from that Star Cruiser. Yeah, maybe. And maybe you get a different type of treatment while you're in Galaxy's Edge in the park or something. But I don't know, just it still sounds crazy, crazy expensive. I don't know. I don't know, that would just alienate so many people unless it's a small resort that's just fine-tuned for a few the few amount of star wars fans that have a ton of money that, that's willing to drop that kind of money on it i don't see them do it but if they price it competitively it's going to be something that you have to book like a year in advance you know? oh yeah yeah that's i mean if they do it if they do three days at like five hundred dollars a person you know what I mean? And you're coming in with a family of three. That's still forty five hundred bucks for three days. Five hundred dollars a person for three days, though. How much does it cost to get into the park? Right. Like, I was like, I would say like you would have to like you're because you're I mean, paying that's about, food. That's, yeah, that's about right too. But I'm saying like that wouldn't include the cost of the actual resort. So maybe it's a thousand bucks a person. Right. Well, that's what it is. You said three thousand for three nights. Yeah. No, I'm. Not, yeah, I don't know. A thousand dollars. I don't know. That's that's crazy. the rumor. But uh, if that's not it for if if you can't go and experience that, then they've just announced that Disney Plus is going to have the Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge, hosted ah, yes. by Jar Jar Binks actor Ahmed Best. Now, do you think this is going to be uh, like a kids Nickelodeon thing, like the Hidden Temple, or do you think yes. it's going to be like American Ninja Warrior? I think it's going to be more like the Hidden Temple. They said you're going to go to like a Jedi Temple. You're going to have to do some stuff with some lightsabers. And you're going to have to test your force powers. Hmm. And it's supposed to be for kids, unfortunately. So, we got to send uh, Natalia and Natalie and Grace. Yeah, Natalia would love to go. She's been using the force all the time. <laughs> like She's been like using it on me to make me like fly backwards and stuff. Oh, there you go teaching her well well that just sounds like she's part of the dark side yeah well oh yeah she loves dark she loves darth vader <laughs> dark vader that's what she called yeah dark vader yeah i i it'd be cool we'll see uh we'll see i don't even know how you would go about getting your kid on something like this you need to know somebody out in hollywood like casey shuffler yeah i mean like there's uh there's somebody that I'm friends with on Facebook that I went to college with that casts for things and all the time. And sometimes it's like a game show type deal. Dude. And, and you know, there was actually, there was something I saw. It was, it was a Disney trivia type thing though, that I saw that someone was posting for that I, on my Facebook. 
and um, but it required four people, and two of them had to be seventeen or under. Yeah. Huh. Seventeen or under. Oh, to be young again. Yep. Yeah. Well, we've we've got you got to show respect to our elder here, though, Casey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make sure you show him this due respect, because uh, you know it's the old stuff that's important. The old stuff that's in the old ways. <laughs> Be like Yoda and burn those Jedi texts, burn those old ways to the ground. Let's see, Yoda knew the whole time that uh, the old ways were still preserved. He was just trolling Luke. Like, yeah, it's all right. You can burn them. Burn, burn that tree because uh, Ray's actually ready. She's, she's already got it all. Yeah, but she could die. Yeah, she could, I guess. That doesn't necessarily mean the books are going to die with her because they're in the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon's going to be, you know, it's never going to die. Yeah. Well, that according to uh, the, the, the post, right? The, the poll that you'd put up. How many votes did it get? Oh, man. 50. Well, it got. Just when I last looked, it was up to 1,400 votes. Interesting. Let's see. We can check it out real quick, because uh, and and T, you're yet to weigh in on this. I am yet to weigh in. So T, let's hear your thoughts. So the question is, will the Millennium Falcon be operational, not be destroyed, at the end of, of Episode Nine? I don't think they will destroy the Millennium Falcon. You don't think so? No, nope, I think it will survive. I think it's going to survive. It will at, at least at least in a way that's repairable. <laughs> See, I don't think I think it's done. Like it's obliterated. It's pretty it was pretty darn close. Pretty close now. It, Everyone's about 50-50. 49.7% think it will be operational. And 50.3% think that it'll be destroyed after over 1,500 votes. Yeah. And so for those of you listening, go to the Talking Sith podcast Facebook page and you can vote on that and be on the lookout um, from now until episode nine. Uh, these polls will be open and we're going to be uh, putting up a couple, a couple more questions. Actually, I haven't voted yet. I wonder if my vote will change it at all. <laughs> Tip the scales. Oh, T's, T's getting on his phone now, too. I'm going to go and vote as well. See, because yeah. what, I, what I was saying, T, is that it doesn't make sense for Galaxy's Edge to spend a billion dollars on a park where their big main trophy focus of it is the Millennium Falcon. But see, the Galaxy's Edge, Edge is Galaxy. frozen in time. I don't care if it's frozen in time. You have a bunch of kids coming to these parks for the next 30 years. They're sure still going to be there, dude. They're not going to put it in a different ship. No, they're not going to put it in a different ship. They're, it's frozen in time. It's like, I'm okay, I'm pulling up right now. This is the official Star Wars timeline. And Galaxy's Edge takes place in between The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, where the Falcon will always be operational. Yeah, I understand that. But if you are Disney and want to lure people to that part of the park and take pictures in front of the Millennium Falcon... 20 years from now people like the kids that are going to be 20 at that point in time 
might not care about the Millennium Falcon unless they see it again and relevant stuff and relevant shows and new things that are happening. Mm. Yeah, those. it's going to take a long time for anybody who doesn't, because look at us. The Millennium Falcon is still relevant to us. and It's still on screen, dude. Right, but it's always going to be relevant to us. Yeah, because we're the nerds in seventh grade that got together. And <laughs> right, but I'm saying even because it's relevant to us because we watch Star Wars. I watched the original trilogy before I ever watched the prequels, so it was relevant to me before I watched the trilogy of my era. That's what I'm saying. Like even to like the kids who are coming into it now, that their era is the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, the Rise of Skywalker. The Falcon's relevant to them now. Even if they destroy it, it's still going to be nostalgic to them for the next 50 years. Right, but Disneyland is not trying to get 50-year-olds to come to their park. They're trying to get kids to come to their park so the parents will buy them toys. and. Buy I'm them saying it's, it's nostalgic to the 10-year-old now. And it's going yeah. to be nostalgic to that 10-year-old for the next 50 years. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think that... I honestly don't think that uh, Disney had much of a say in whether or not the Millennium Falcon got blew up. They they put it in JJ's court, and I think that if JJ wanted to destroy the Millennium Falcon, I don't think that that's something they're going to be like. No, nah, you can't do that. I I don't know. I think Bobiger might have stepped in and be like, hey hey hey, like there's got to be like a, you know, maybe if there's one person I think Bobiger is not bossing around as much as he's bossing around other people. It's JJ Abrams. They're like, like this when, is it comes, when it comes down to the bottom dollar, dude. Like, uh, essentially, all the movies are that Disney puts out are advertisements for the theme park. This has got to be our next poll now. <laughs> all the movies that Disney puts out, all everything Marvel, blah blah blah, everything is advertisements for toys. And the I don't parts. think the it's going to have a negative so effect. I think it's going to be more like, like I said in the past, I think it's going to be more like uh, when an artist dies suddenly all their, their value goes their, up the value of all their material goes up so you think the millennial falcon is going to be destroyed and the value of the falcon will just skyrocket i definitely don't think it's going to have a negative impact on anybody for the next 50 years you're muted again case the, the only way that i can see this happening is if it's destroyed and then sometime down the line maybe it's five years ten years there's something about how they piece it together using original parts so that they could find and stuff like that. Or they just keep, or they have another, or they make the movie that I want to pitch to them. <laughs> Which is, I want, I want to pitch a movie to them, okay? Casey, you got to help me out with this. Yeah. I need a producer. I want the movie, the working title is called Tanab. Okay. And it's, and it's the Battle of Tanab. That Lando had that little maneuver at. They must have heard about my little maneuver at the Battle of Tanab. Yeah. And the Battle of Tanab is going to have to do with the Bothans stealing the plans for the second Death Star. It's going to be Lando yeah, heavy. You sold, you sold me on Bothans. All right. I'm in. Lando heavy, Falcon heavy, Bothan heavy. <laughs> and another heist movie like Rogue One. Yep. Rogue, so I think that's an instant win because Rogue One did better than the other independent movie, Solo. Yep. Um, it was really good. You're Bothans for me, so. <laughs> and then a lot of people have been saying that they want to see more of Donald Glover playing Lando. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, 
Tanab has never been like that gap has never been filled in the Star Wars uh, timeline. So that's a Lando movie, pre yeah. pre Solo. No, it's well, no, it would be post Solo. It'd be between the way I'm pitching it between Empire and Jedi. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But so, so if it's post Solo, how does Lando have the Falcon? Why? Did, oh, okay. Post Empire, so Han's frozen. Lando has the Falcon. Yeah. As we see, he flies off Huey. So it can even have Chewbacca back in it. You get Jonas Swanson yep. come back. Yep. Yep. You're right. I was piecing it together differently in my head for some reason. Yeah. So it's between <laughs> Empire and Jedi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm down with that. I'm down for a Lando-centric movie. Yeah, man. Because everybody loved Donald Glover. Even the haters. This will be the best time for it, for it to come out a year, a year and a half after The Rise of Skywalker, because Lando's in this movie. Yeah. It's the best time to do it. I need to get Bob on the phone. Get him on the phone. Maybe we get Billy D to come back. And <laughs> Billy D's like, it starts off, and it's old Billy D. Tell and somebody story. asks him about the uh, Battle of Tanab. He's like, <laughs> yeah, right? Buddy, let me tell you about the Battle of Tanab. Yeah. yeah, because and what led me to this was uh, Hannah's theory is the fel- she says she, she can see the Falcon dying and going down because it'll give that impact to this without killing off a bunch of major characters like the Falcon in itself is a major character and she thinks Lando, she thinks Lando's going to die and she thinks it'd be fitting for Lando to go down with his girl L3? Yep well, and the Falcon. I mean, merged into one. <laughs> now, you know. Did you see the thing that he recently said about how he's gender flexible or something like that? Yeah, gender fluidity. Gender fluid, same thing. Yeah, fluid, well, flexible. I'm, I don't pretend to really know. Uh, yeah, got, I don't. I was trying to. Like, to uh, I was trying to dissect that. that. Um, I, like I, I don't. I was trying to dissect that in general, like without looking it up. Like what I thought that that meant. And I think what he's saying is that he, like, when it comes to having fun with anything or anyone, doesn't matter who or what they are. Yeah, he's all about everyone ends up happy. He said, what he was saying was just like, be yourself. Yeah, I'm done with that. But you define you. Yeah, I I don't know exactly what. uh, Like, I don't think he was saying that he is, like, am I a man? Maybe I'm a girl. Like, I don't think he was saying that. (laughs) <laughs> I think he was saying in terms of like sexual attraction and things like right, right. In which they, when they released Solo, um, they said that Lando was like kind of like gender fluid of some sort. Yeah, maybe they just wasn't ready to come out with it yet until the, until everyone was like, yeah, Donald Glover, and, Donald Glover, and Lando. Cool. Billy Dee's like, I knew me and Lando were inseparable. Billy Dee's just like he just exudes cool. I'll, I'll never forget that one panel when uh, there people were talking about all this bad stuff that happened. He was like, "Did anybody die?" Yeah, the episode nine panel. They were like, yeah. "Yeah." He's like, "You know, I've gotten a lot of crap over the years for uh, betraying Han Solo, but all I gotta say is, look, I had a whole city of people <laughs> to look out for." You know, I was put in a bad place. Darth Vader was breathing down my neck. But all I got to say is, did anybody die? Nobody died. 
Good old Lando. Good old Lando. So, uh, have either of you read the book Resistance Reborn? Negative. <laughs> so, Resistance Reborn takes place between The Last Jedi <clears throat> and The Rise of Skywalker. And it has to do with uh, just basically how the 30 or so rebels that are left on the Millennium Falcon turns into the fighting group that we see in the Rise of Skywalker trailers. And it addresses one big question at the end of The Last Jedi. Where are all of Princess Leia's allies? Obviously, uh, you know, the Outer Rim or something. They, 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 they're not there yet. I assume we might see some of them in this next movie. Right. Well, we do see some in the next movie, namely Lando, right? Why didn't Lando respond to the call? Well, the big thing that this book addresses, if you're going to take two things from this, well, three things. Wedge is back. Wedge has come out of retirement. Good old Wedge. Wedge is instrumental. Wedge, Steel, and Snap Wexley's mom, who he's married to, they steal the uh, Tantive, well, not the Tantive four, but the block, a blockade runner, presumably the one that we see in the trailers. And there has been a list that the First Order has and uh, it is a list of all these rebel sympathizers, all these, re you know, these old leaders of the rebels and stuff. And they've been going around and rounding these people up for the last several years. So that is why nobody responded to Leia because they've, they're all basically in, imprisoned. So my question is, I've asked, I think I've asked this before. So uh, I think it was over our chat actually, Return of the Jedi, starts off with a rescue. The Rise of Skywalker, or uh, Revenge of the Sith, starts off with a rescue. And do you think the Rise of Skywalker could start off with a rescue, possibly of Lando? I'm not mad at that theory. <laughs> I think that could be pretty cool. I mean, there's got to be a way for him to like he's, he's got to come back in some manner right i think that it would kind of mirror them helping rescue han and stuff like that so but then jj would might get some shit back about uh oh they're doing the same thing over and over again uh like he kind of did with the force awakens so who, who knows man like again i wouldn't be mad either way but they're not going to make everybody happy regardless of how it works out you're never going to make everybody happy. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah they, they might as well hang up their hats trying to do that. Um, speaking of which, here we go. The Rise of Skywalker co-writer, Chris Terrio, on bringing back Palpatine and Lando. Um, let's see, I'm trying to find his good quotes here. At what point had you decided to bring bring Lando back? And he says, well, one of the ideas JJ and I talked about early on was the idea of Rain, Finn, and Poe having to live up to the greatest generation, what that feels like. It's anxiety, but also an opportunity that's in the film right at the moment when Ray's eyes light up when she hears about Luke Skywalker. You can see how she's grown up with these ideas of great figures in her head. And so the question of this film is, can this generation live up to the greatest generation? Can we do the kind of heroic things that they did. So we began talking about that 
the other surviving member of that generation is Lando. And he's just someone beloved by both me and JJ from our childhoods. And when Billy D was game to do it, we thought we'd be crazy not to work him in. And he says, is there any chance you wrote the word wedge? And he says, I cannot answer that. Although I'd love to speak to you after the film comes out about that very question. So that pretty much sounds to me like, uh, yeah, yeah, we're bringing back wedge. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm down for a hundred percent down for wedge. He was dope, man. Like he, he wasn't, uh, I mean, he was obviously a very good pilot and stuff like that. I feel like he, I feel like he might be teaching other, other people how to, how to defeat, you know, the empire, the first order, things like that. Maybe we see him in a ship. Maybe he gets to go out in the blaze of glory. Yeah. Uh, and he's but, flying the Falcon. Yeah. Hey man, I'm down. Let's bring him back. Now the other big thing that. It's good fanfare. I mean, they, I think it's. They, they, go ahead. Maybe, maybe it's mostly fanfare, but I. Yeah, the other thing that they brought up on, on this Uprax is uh, last week, J.J. Abrams told us he was thinking about Palpatine as far back as The Force Awakens, but was there a moment writing the script for this where there was an aha moment in bringing back Palpatine? And he said, uh, we decided pretty early on that we wanted to really think of this as the Skywalker saga. And from the beginning, the chess game has been between Palpatine and Sidious and the Jedi. Specifically, the Jedi is represented by Anakin Skywalker and the Skywalkers. So we were convinced some, some way or another, Palpatine had to be the presence in this film. Of course, the sacrifice of Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi and bringing the balance to the Force, uh, still had to, we still had to honor that, and I think we do honor that in the film. We don't take the end of Return of the Jedi lightly at all because it is one of the most beautiful moments in any film, really. And seeing what Vader does for his son, Return of the Jedi was the first movie I ever saw in theaters, and I remember being rocked by what I saw in that moment. So this to me is adds just more fuel to the fire because he specifically says, you know, it's a chess game between Palpatine and Sidious and the Jedi. Specifically, the Jedi is represented by Anakin and the Skywalkers. T, we've seen Anakin in this movie. I know we talked about this, what, last week about him being uh, a force, force ghost. ghost so you think that's <clears throat> i think that this further confirms it like he's name dropping anakin skywalker what do you think case i mean name dropping is is good and all but I, when it comes down to it i mean at that point in time when you're looking at revenge of the sith i mean anakin did kind of represent the jedi order and how frail it was at least at that point in time um and the skywalkers yeah because luke is the one who when we look back at the original trilogy for you know 40 plus years ago now uh, he he was the jedi for a long time you know what i mean there was there was obi-wan kenobi as well but he was the guy that everyone kind of looked to so yeah i mean i would think it's fair to say and fair for him to say that the the jedi order is the Skywalkers, and I think he mentioned Anakin by name because Darth Vader came back right to the, to the light side. Well, he uh, mentions how important that is: Darth Vader's heel turn, Darth Vader's sacrifice, Darth Vader destroying the Emperor, and how the Emperor is is basically been the Emperor playing against the Skywalkers in this game of intergalactic chess. Do you think that the Emperor coming back? 
takes away from that huge moment he was like he was talking about where Darth Vader takes off the Emperor. And I mean, I think it's been long enough now to where it's not a huge punch in the gut. You know what I mean? I think it's been a fair amount of time to where a good, a good enough good enough reason could be concocted by the uh, folks at Disney and and at you know. Um, JJ's production company. Me and the second Death Star. It was a clone. It was an apparition. Right? Robot chicken. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, I, I I think it's been enough time, and people have kind of like it's 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 not gonna hurt me, you know what I mean? Mm. So I mean, yeah, I guess it's. I mean, I guess if you're going at it in a way, is like, is it is that gonna hurt the fans? Is it is it fair to say, maybe? And maybe not because if they do it, then one would think that you would have to see Anakin in some shape or form, right? Um, to kind of balance out the gut punch that we would feel at this point in time. Right. And that's why, I mean, he's bringing up Vader defeating Palpatine and how that was a big moment. And they don't want to step on the toes of that. And yeah. Said, and, Kylo, and Kylo, he's all, he's been about Darth Vader ever since the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> wants to be like him so and yeah, i mean yeah, i think on vader's helmet again they I, are. Think, I think if we see him i think we see him talking to kylo oh man i want that so bad i want them both to just be like moody and complaining <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair i i know it's not fair know it's, they're both just like nothing is fair nothing is fair for men let's with feathered get, for men with feathered hair, nothing is fair. Let's go get tacos and buy some razor blades. <laughs> uh, you want to know how I got these scars? Um, yeah, I I think that that just that really uh, cements it for me that I think that they're going to be he's bringing them back. Now is it recording? <laughs> Hey, so The Mandalorian, the latest episode. Was it awesome? Was it not? Let's talk about it. Hey, that's my line. <laughs> I think it was pretty awesome. And all, all I have to say about that is um, I have spoken. Right? This is the way. This is the way. I have spoken. Yeah. Um, episode or <clears throat> chapter. What, what is what chapter five now? Chapter five, yeah, it's five. Yeah, chapter chapter five, the gunslinger. The gunslinger. It's a pretty good episode. Tatooine. Yeah. So, man, right off the bat, okay, we we're we're thrown into uh, like a dog fight at the beginning, <laughs> and like T said, the guy tried to steal his line. I can bring you in warm. I can bring you in cold. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, it was good, man. I like, I love, I love the intro. And then as soon as uh, I couldn't tell what planet they're going to, I mean, a lot of these planets look the same, apparently. But um, as you soon as they tell. say, well, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't know. They, there's been other planets that have, you know, foresty stuff or whatever. Or, Dude, like, just, like there, there could be. There's so many planets out there. Tatooine's not the only desert planet. But as when they first said Mos Eisley, oh, I was yeah. like. I was like, all right, all right. As soon as they showed that planet, 
him flying up to it. And it had that moon there. And it pans down. It shows the same. It is the same shot as the beginning of A New Hope. With the, Fantastic. The, with the Death Star, or not the Death Star, the Star Destroyer flying over, chasing the uh, Tanta before. Same exact. And I was like, it's Tatooine. Yeah. And I've been looking at that shot a lot for the Roach edit in the past couple of days. So it's just <laughs> instantly, I was like, That's... and then when he flies, when he's on the planet and he flies over that like cliff and you see Moss Eisley in the background, it is the same shot as A New Hope um, when uh, Luke and Ben are looking. He's like, Moss Eisley spaceport. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Of scum and villainy. I know as soon as they said Moss Eisley, I looked over at Carla. We were watching it together and uh, I was like, Carla, that's where Luke and Obi-Wan met Han Solo when he first see the Falcon. So like, I was just like, yeah, I was fanboying, but I was educating her, I guess this is what I was just keeping her informed. She knows, but Oh, God. Let me, yeah, let me I, was tell you. Excited, I was pretty excited about it. Yeah. What do you think of the pit droids case? It was a good call. Like, I mean, the only time we, I remember seeing them was in the prequel trilogy. Yep. And uh, I thought they were entertaining. Them booping each other in the nose or kicking each other in the nose to shut and close and open again. It was It was fun. The, the 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 my least favorite part of that entire set, unfortunately, was the lady. Oh, you didn't like the lady? <laughs> I don't think she was that strong of an actor. So literally, as soon as she started talking, I was like, "Do you know who that is?" That's like, that's, no. <laughs> that's the chick from uh, Candy with Strangers and Kids in the Hall, and none of that means anything to me. Nobody. But... <laughs> What are these things to you? So it's just a comedy show that was back in the 90s. What is it with Fabro and casting comedians? Right? Like everybody <laughs> in this is a comedian. So. Huh. Yeah, because you had the Uber driver from episode one. And or chapter one of this. And then you had uh, the Horatio... What was this, Horatio Sand? In episode one as well. We know Bill Burr is going to be in this. And now we got this chick. Well, I mean, to be fair, Bill Burr was in Breaking Bad, and I think he did a good job there. I just, don't think, I, just, I, just, I just don't think that this lady was... Like, this, this is what made it feel like TV again to me. Hmm. And not, not as cinematic. See, I didn't get that from, from her. I, I just thought she was kind of crazy. So it worked. She just seemed off to me. The hair. <laughs> I did show you a picture of what she really looks like. She looks a lot better, <laughs> not in that hair and makeup, but in other hair and makeup. Her her, her perm was a little off. Yeah, she looked like she had uh, stuck her finger in uh, Pit Droid's socket one too many times. Possible, yeah. And then again, you see the Mandalorian's uh, no droid situation. Yes. You know, you get a ship repaired faster. He does not trust the droids. And then what does he do? He goes looking for work. And hey, where do we find him? Yeah, so he goes to Wooher's Cantina. The last time we saw it was in uh, episode four. There were no droids allowed. They don't serve their kind there. And now it's being run by droids. And uh, we, we've got a R, R5 or R4 
It looked like it almost looked like the same droid from A New Hope that had a bad motivator. Oh, kind of, yeah. I wonder if that's him. <laughs> uh, John Favreau did say he did say that he was gonna he 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 teased that uh, a familiar droid might be in this. It was probably that one then. Either either that or the prequel ones that he was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, interesting. And then and then we see another callback with uh, this young bounty hunter friend. Where is he sitting and how is he sitting? I'm pretty sure that's the exact same booth. <laughs> I think so, too. And he's sitting just like Han Solo. It's made the, to invoke Han Solo. Yeah, with his legs up and everything. But but maybe, maybe a just as confident type person but a blind confidence who didn't have the capabilities like like a blind un incapable han solo you know what i mean yeah he had all the confidence of han solo but he did not have the skill to back it up nope his name was i believe was toro callahan yeah and he said it in a bond james bond kind of way too except reverse with the first name. yeah I was like my name's toro toro callahan, toro callahan. Like, yeah he's a big, work. the big deal in the guild Bounty Hunters Guild. <laughs> yeah, except he's not even in it. Yeah. <laughs> and they, get, and they, they clearly gave him a bounty that was going to get him killed. So I'm wondering who he is or who he's related to or things like that. Because like, I if, if it's, he pissed somebody off. <laughs> yeah. Off. Yeah, because this this is not a bounty. Because the Mandalorian knew what this, who this person was. <laughs> yeah, right up. And she's she's a tough bitch. Um, so well, like, why, why would, why would they give him this bounty? Yeah. Basically he's probably annoyed somebody cause he was a little bit annoying. A little bit. Just a little bit. Even though the Mandalorian was like, oh, all right. He re the Mandalorian really is a very nice guy. Yeah. He's kind of wholesome. Isn't he? he is not the anti-hero that was being, uh, presumably pitched in a lot of these trailers. Well I mean, I don't know. Like he'll, he'll. I mean, he'll kill whatever he has to kill. But, um, I mean, this one had money attached to it. I think it was like eighteen thousand credits or something. Yeah. To bring this chick down, and all he want all, and he got to keep the entire thing. Right. Yeah. He just the other Toro just wanted the, the credit, the prestige. And you know what, man? We'll get to this. Remind me. Remind me about this. The the prestige and the money situation when we get to the end of the review. So, all right, the next thing I want to talk about is back in Hangar, uh, what did they say, 30, 35 or 30? Yeah, I think yeah, three, three, three and a half A or something. But uh, she's playing Sabak with her pit droids. Yeah. And then we hear this sound come out of the Razor Crest. Yeah, it was not a baby sound. No. So at first, my first thought was, oh, were we right? Is he evolving? Puberty Yoda. <laughs> it could be. But, I mean, sometimes he goes in and out. Maybe it was him. Maybe he's having voice, <clears throat> His voice raising and dropping. Uh, that reminds me of when uh, my voice was, you know, dropping and raising and going high, low. What was our, what was the Spanish teacher's name in high school, Casey? Plicta? Yeah. But I was in her class. I just walked in. She had her back turned, and I was—I I said hi to her. And when I said hi, my voice like jumped way up. And she's like, 
she turns around she's like who said that josh and i was like oh uh it was abby abby prater just walked by yeah just saying hi and she's like oh <laughs> that's funny so maybe it was uh maybe yeah maybe something's going on they didn't just put that strange sound in there for no reason yeah i mean that was a a monstrous type thing but i mean like maybe not monstrous but maybe, maybe like a you know it was monster it, the, the first thing i thought of it was it it uh made me think of obi-wan's crate dragon yell crate dragon yell yeah the 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 call he does when uh, he scares off the sand people from the unconscious oh, okay. it was oh, like okay. a weird shriek like that yeah yeah out the frizzy frizzy haired chick and her uh and her robo buddies <laughs> yeah it was it was an interesting and then and then yeah baby yoda just works out um and it puts his arms up to be picked up too mm -hmm. <laughs> and she's just automatically taken with this little baby takes him under her wing and then the mando shows up and uh yeah so it's important that uh callahan meets baby yoda when they're taking off, what'd you make of those speeder bikes? As soon as they came up, I looked at color and I, well, I mean, I said to myself, I was like, swoops. Yep. <laughs> We're finally seeing swoop bikes. Back in Star Wars. This whole thing, once again, just them riding across the desert. I was expecting to be able to like pan over and see yeah. Telesto just running through the desert. I know, I was like legacy quest type thing. I was thinking that stuff too. Yeah, just heading out for for the uninitiated that we're referencing Star Wars Galaxies. Yeah, we used yeah. Star Wars <laughs> Galaxies, and our characters were uh, Telesto Karoon was Sean. I was uh, Talander Karoon, and Casey. Talitas Karoon. Casey was Talitas Karoon, and Talitas was sent to lead us. But to be fair, that was not a phrase that I coined or even came up with. That was somebody else in game that really liked me. I was pretty good. That was. We were all we were in the middle of Guild Wars, and we were all gathered. I'm pretty sure Anchorhead. Yeah, it was. And uh, wasn't it one of the Wookiee characters? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a Wookiee character. We're all gathering, and Casey was our medic, so he's like, you know, we're we're, in, we're getting ready to go, and he was like. I, I just i just showed up like nobody like i i wasn't gonna go and i i, I logged in and came on because you i think you had messaged me or something like that yeah and uh yeah as soon as i get there this guy freaks he's out he's like, he's like toledus is here toledus was sent toledus and then that just stuck for <laughs> obviously for like the last 15 years uh, <laughs> We really got to get some of our old Galaxies buddies to come on our podcast. That would be sweet. Got to find Camera. Oh, man. I would love to talk to Camera. His name it, was Victor. Yeah. And I know he lived in Wisconsin, and his phone number was saved in my old Motorola. Motorola. Well, I can speak. Motorola. Motorola. My, my, motor, my motor Yoda. <laughs> Your old Toyota. My razor phone that I had back in the day. Your razor crest. I was, yeah, I just couldn't. I can't find it. I I tried looking through all the nooks and crannies that I could. Find <laughs> it. Did you look up your? Never mind. Um. 
No, so they take off and they run into a dewback. Yep. With a and it was just awesome to see dewbacks back in Star Wars again. Just everything about this episode was like welcome, welcome home. Welcome I'm curious home. as to why the do why the dewback was wasn't really. It must have been relatively fresh, right? Mm-hmm. Just happened. Um, maybe the reins were being pulled or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, she could have shot because, you know, she was a ways off. It was another bounty hunter. And so she could have shot him quite a distance from there. And that dewback would just happen to be wandering by, you know, her reach with that uh, MK modified rifle was pretty far. I, yeah, I know, but she was posted up, man. Like, I feel like this person was just shot. She was posted up, ready to go. Because yeah, as soon as Amanda goes down there, she's, you know, I mean, she's ready. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she must be assuming that other bounty hunters might be there or in the area. Something, right. She was right. The fobs, you know. I wonder yeah, if that she was right. sorry sap that got killed was another guy they were just trying to get rid of. That's possible. <laughs> That's just the quest. They're the the bounty they send people they don't like on. They're just like, we got one for you. Yeah, just... like we don't ever really expect anyone to bring her in, but uh, this is how we get rid of people without paying her to take people out. <laughs> yeah, maybe I guess. But uh, the Mando, uh, again, you're seeing Beskar live up to its uh, true oh, word. We almost skipped over. Uh, something that I thought was pretty cool. On their way there, they ref- they say they're going into the Dune Sea. They they see some Tusken Raiders. Oh yeah. And then all of a sudden, just like a ghost, the Tusken Raiders show up, just right next to them. Tell them yourself. <laughs> yeah. And well, the Mandalorian didn't seem surprised by it, so he's obviously encountered these folks before, given the fact that he was able to speak to them through some variation of sign language. Yeah, that was something. It's the first time we've ever seen anybody um, have any, yeah, communication, like in can, like, especially on screen in canon, any kind of uh, civil communications with a sand person. And I liked what he said. He was like, um, you know, the, the Toro talks about, he heard the people, the locals talking about sand people. And then uh, Mando was like, well, according to them, we're all, trespassers this is their world yeah i mean it's he probably kind of sympathizes with them based off of what happened to mandalore right yeah 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 that was pretty that was that was pretty cool that we saw and then he takes the guys uh binoculars or whatever the i can't remember what yeah. they call them but, but he's like let me see your uh, binoculars i think they just called them binox yeah they're yeah. binox that's it and he just tossed, those were brand new. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were. <laughs> that was a good trade. But yeah, um, the best car at play again. I love Toro's line. He's like, at that rate, only an MK modified rifle could make a shot like that. And at that at that distance, the best car still holds up or something. So best car is not impenetrable. I saw this... <clears throat> A couple of uh, YouTubers and stuff were trying to say proof 
that uh, Django Fett is not actually Mandalorian and his Mandalorian helmet, Boba Fett's Mandalorian helmet and their armor is counterfeit because it has the dent in the helmet. So obviously, Beskar is totally impenetrable and you can't chip Beskar. So that well, I mean, would... if you look at, I mean, if you looked at a game like Star Wars Galaxies, like we used to play, wasn't, no, there was just, I thought there might've been a form of composite armor that it kind of looked like it, but it wasn't a Mandalorian. No, you could get Mandalorian armor, armor. but yeah. you had to go and do like Death Watch and. Yeah, you had to go through, the, yeah, the other Mandalorians, the Death Watch bunker with all okay. these parts and that were hard to get. And it was tough to make, dude, even with the full group. Um, especially pre CU, man. Like, I think we had like 10 people there and we still failed at making a part, but uh, yeah, no, you're right. Um, and I was looking as like when at one point in time, when they're going forward, he gets shot in the chest from much closer than he was before. And like that chick, she thought he was dead, yeah. And when he stood up, I was looking, I was trying to look at his armor to see if there was some sort of there's a sports mark at least yep there was yeah, like, but I mean, like could that i mean is, could that be because of just, just like, or whatever yeah. yeah i don't know i will have to look and see if it i have to go back and look again see if there's any dent but but then she knew after she shot him the second time that uh and he was down she was aiming right up under his helmet like that was that was going to be a kill shot but Toro sneaks up behind her. But I was saying back to my my point about them saying uh, that uh, Boba Fett couldn't have real Beskar armor because it has the dent. Um, Paz Vizsla, the heavy duty Mando with the jetpack and the repeater yeah. um, gun. So he's got. If you look at his helmet and stuff, there's dings in it. There's dents in it, and in the rest of his armor as well. And he's got a Black Series figure that's coming out. And you can see the dings and dents and on it. It says right on it that it is Beskar armor. Yeah. No, I mean, and like you said before, it was even the Mando said, you know, at this range, the Beskar, yeah, did its job, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was scary when he got closer. He went down, man. It was like a hit to the solar plex, man. Knocked the wind right out of him. Well, that's like what I said to T when we were watching it. It was like, yeah, it's like a bulletproof vest, you know, like it'll stop the bullet, but, <laughs> but it still hurts like still hurts. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you see that all the time too, when how people get knocked back and stuff like yeah. that. So there's there's power behind these blaster bullets that we haven't seen really before. Maybe it's just like deflected energy, you know, because the laser just stops dead, doesn't get go through and get absorbed by a body or something like that. It's just boom and then flies you know knocks you back yeah <laughs> what do you think about the uh the sleeping mando scene <laughs> i thought that was entertaining actually now, i don't think he was asleep at all yeah i think he was just yeah. walking the kid <laughs> are you done <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah that, that was a funny scene i i really i thought yeah, I, I I think that that was placed well, and um, it felt like it felt natural, it felt real. Yeah. yeah, the kid. I think he. I think that whoever played uh, Toro did a pretty good job of being believable as a very like a young, 
you know, dumb, enthusiastic guy trying to make a name for himself. Yeah, he was charismatic. He, he kind of reminded me, if you ever watched the TV show Once Upon a Time, he kind of reminded me of the guy who played Captain Hook. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. It's like charismatic and cool. You don't know if he's good or bad type deal, especially in the beginning and stuff like that. So that's kind of the feeling I got. Yeah, I thought he did a very good job. Now, I guess he had, did have some um, merit to him or, you know, some reason to be a little arrogant because, I mean, he did kind of stand his own a little bit against uh, Fennec Shan. Like their little fight. Yeah, first, yeah, he was, he like flipped her over, but she obviously, you know, re- she got the better of him and she like countered everything but he didn't just go down you know right and that and that also kind of weighs into what i was going to say later for you to remind me about was the dude had some money on him so why yeah. is he doing this for money you know what i mean because the the lady that mando gave it to at the end for fixing the ship was like yeah this will, this will cover you that's a lot of money yeah. yeah so what does he need this he just wants to be in the guild for status like he kept saying all the time it's not about the money yeah he's some so, real rich kid yeah and, so, uh, so so what, what is what is it with this guy it's not about the money he just wants to prove himself is that what it, he, he wants to be a legend right that's what he said right. yeah well and she was playing right into that so she asks the mandalorian when he shows up and cuffs her um you ever been to navarro which we now know Navarro is the planet where uh, the Bounty Hunters Guild and Grief Cargo were operating out of. Yep. And that's where it all goes down. And she heard. So evidently, everybody, even people out in the run, on the run, in the middle of Tatooine, have heard about this now. They heard about this big shoot. Like I was saying, that shootout at the end of episode three. I was talking to Dominic about it. I was like, Dominic, your character took place in like the equivalent to like the shootout at the OK Corral in the Star Wars universe. (laughs) Basically. It is spread already like throughout the galaxy. What happened with this Mando? And yeah, she says straight up to him like, your name will be legendary if you bring in this Mandalorian. (laughs) Yeah, and and it and this actress too, she's been in other things Disney related. She was in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She played yep. Agent May. She's and freaking she's a, Mulan. She's, and she's badass as Agent May. She's Mulan, man. <laughs> she's the voice of Mulan. Um, yep. She's been in a few other things. Now, Shan, I'm pretty sure, her last name, she shares um, with one of the guys from, um, oh, I just had a brain fart. Uh, episode seven. The two gangs that are coming after Solo. Emphasis Nest. Oh, no. It's not Emphasis Nest. It's a... Uh, I can't trust those guys. Uh, the Guavian Death Gang. Uh, yeah. And Kanji Club. Kanji Club. Oh, Kanji Club. Kanji Club, I think, is the one where she shares uh, the name, the last name with one of the guys from Kanji Club. So I wonder if she has some if she's supposed to be related to him or like be his mother or sister or something. Interesting. But uh, did you think, you think the kid was, what'd you think when she was pitching this to the, to Toro Callahan? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, uh, 100%. I didn't think that he was going to shoot her, but 
I thought that I, I 100% believe that he was buying whatever this chick was selling. Yeah. Which I mean, <laughs> she wasn't lying to him. Yeah, no, he, she wasn't. But he's obviously like this kid's at this kid's seen the Mando at work and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And he also he's also smart enough to know not to trust her. So there's something else to this guy. I don't know. He reminded me even more of Han Solo at that point. Yeah. And he listens to the advice and he takes it and he takes it better than what the 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 older person that's trying to tell him this advice, you know, that's gonna kill him is saying. Yeah, it's interesting too. Like, like there so this other bounty hunter had a fob. Um, that we assume leads to this chick, right? Right. I'm wondering if those fobs clicked on once the Mando landed with the baby. Mm. So you think maybe he was actually tracking Mando? I mean, maybe not at first. Maybe not at first, because he kind of like shook off the baby as soon as he saw it. And then when she mentioned the child, so she knew about this thing, um... You know, he 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 you, you see him make like a, a face, like okay, yeah, I saw I saw a chop. Yeah, that's why I said earlier it's important. He sees Baby Yoda there. But I don't I don't know if necessarily that fob is tracking the child or not, which also comes back to at the end, right? Right. Somebody somebody picks up this chick who's laying on the ground. Yeah. Or, or at least goes there. Who do you think that is? See, the thing is. It, it could be i mean we're i think we're led to believe it's a mandalorian he has a key fob and the mandalorian or a mandalorian well i mean i would so we're, i think we're kind of led to believe he he flies off and then next thing you know there's this caped character walking up and it would if she's still alive it would make sense that it might be him because he still has the tracking fob that he picked up from the other bounty hunter so he would be able to track her if it was him. I think that's what we're supposed to believe, but I don't think that it is the Mandalorian going back for her. T, what did you say when, when you were watching that? I said that it definitely looks like a Mando, but I don't think it's the Mando. All right, here's my, here's, get ready. Here's my theory. It's, it's somebody who's well-known in the Star Wars universe. It was last seen on Tatooine. You're thinking it might be Lando? Nope. Last seen on Tatooine also wears Mandalorian armor. Boba Fett? Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. Boba Where? Fett. Because, now look, here's why. Every time Boba Fett is walking, George Lucas wanted to incite this gunslinger western vibe to him. And so uh, it's the sound of... Um, See, spurs. spurs. When the Mandalorian walks, he doesn't have spurs. When Boba Fett walks, he has spurs. When this guy walks up, you hear, you hear spurs. spurs. Hmm. The only person in the Star Wars that had the sound effect of spurs is Boba Fett. Well, I think that pretty much settles it then, right? Hey. I mean, buy I buy it. That's my thought process right there. Freaking Spurs. At first thing I thought, I was like, oh. I heard the Spurs and I thought it was going to pan up and show us Boba Fett. And of course it ends. So you realize they have to release this episode before like Wednesday so people can listen to it. 
<laughs> because if people wait to listen to it to after the next episode, it's it's like it's not going to be like a whoa moment. This could be the whoa moment right there. I think that I, yeah, I think you I think you're probably right. Yeah, as soon as that, I, I mean, do you remember like, that sound? Yeah, that 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 sound effect. As soon as that, and I mean, it adds up, right? The last time we saw him was on Tatooine. You couldn't really tell, but T just like T just got the feeling it was like a Mandalorian. Man, I think. And then, and then, and then you bring up the thing about how you wanted, or how George Lucas wanted it to be, like a western when he's walking and stuff like that. This episode's entitled "The Gunslinger." The entire show is a western. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, not by accident. There. Not by accident, man. And so, well, here's my question to you guys: When we pick up next week, <laughs> do we pick up? Do we figure out who this guy was, or is this like? Do you think? Do you think we we figure this out by the end of this season? We figure it out next week. Are we gonna have to wait till next season? Mm, uh... Ali, are we gonna get the question? Who is this? <clears throat> I mean, there's only four episodes left. Are we? Is the Mandalorian going to figure out what to finally do with Baby Yoda and get him off these tracking bubs? <laughs> Giancarlo Esposito, man. He still hasn't even shown his face. I thought we were seeing him this week. <laughs> we, I don't know, man. There's, there's not a lot of time left. We've got to see Maybe all that footage of all these things happen in the trailer for season two. <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> oh. Well, you said you can't wait to see his face, and you sent me that that picture <laughs> of the the, oh. of, uh, the Iron Mask, the man uh, in the yeah. mask. <laughs> that, doesn't that pretty much uh, just <laughs> just exactly like exude exactly what we were talking about taking it yeah, off pretty much oh man yeah i wonder i wonder if that's if that's old boba fett and man what his orders are like why is he is, is he getting back into the game is he back in the game what's he been up to i don't know if he'd be a bounty hunter anymore i mean would he i mean yeah. why wouldn't he I mean, the guild's kind of changed and evolved over time. It's, it's probably not the same as it was. Yeah. Game has changed. The game's old. Mandalorian. But, yeah. Who knows what his, what his orders are. Uh, hold on, Josh. Uh, she's got to get out her highs quick, and then we can talk about the orders. Right, well, before we get to the orders, I don't think we even talked about the... Uh, him betraying the Mandalorian at the end of it. Yeah, so he goes back, kidnaps Baby Yoda, which was a mistake. Big mistake. And uh, yeah, so the Mando ends up outsmarting him with the uh, the flashes, <laughs> the pulse flash or You're whatever. Smarter than you look. Yeah. So what? What if? So what if? Here's a theory for you. What if we haven't seen Giancarlo's character yet? Because this kid might have been his son. He had a ton of money. Right? Okay. And now he, and you know, like he realized the man is probably pretty damn good at his job or something. But maybe, maybe that, maybe this kid, maybe it's not a son, but maybe this kid has something to do with that guy. Yeah. And maybe this is what turns him on to the man Australia, you're saying? 
in some fashion or another. This kid had to have been important to somebody to have mm. all that money. Mm. And, and basically no cares in the world besides just status. Right. So you think he's not a one and done. You think this kid is really got some story behind him. I, I think this kid leads to a trail of other bad things for the Mandalorian. Mm. But it was the kid's fault. It wasn't the Mandalorian. Mandalorian was helping him, man. Well, potentially, could have led, could have got him on uh, Boba Fett's radar. Talk about some Mando on Mando action. Oh, I watched that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, potentially, you could have some links to uh, some connections to somebody that leads leads him down some bad connections. I don't so know. Think, go ahead. Um, I don't know who this character you guys are talking about is. Well, he's, <laughs> neither do we really. We just know his name is Moth Gideon, and he's Imperial, and he flies a Tie Fighter. <laughs> oh, we know. I mean, he's got some Death Troopers too. I think. Uh, I think the last thing that I'll have time to talk about are the. Uh, the orders going through some of the orders um what are your gosh, orders do you want to preface this well i'll, I'll have a spicy mcchicken <laughs> add tomato spicy uh quaking monkey lizard and a stick some some calamari flan <laughs> and i'll have a dollar bill please <laughs> just give me money that's what i'll have that's my order give me money um but yeah josh you want to preface uh how this conversation came about well i was trying to look up it, it was actually tim Key's comment wasn't it my phone just mm -hmm. died yeah so um in our in our group chat you know, somebody screamed like a child <laughs> was I'll a big one second um Tim Q said something just he, he just said he just he out of nowhere it wasn't even leading into a conversation or anything like that it's out of nowhere he just says what were the first 65 orders and then we had a conversation between us Josh you like good question what if one was mass suicide and um, Josh Tim Q said probably they they must they must be a big deal. Kill all the Jedi is a big command, but it's only one of at least 66 commands. Um, to which I did some research and responded with a ton of information. So was mass suicide one of the uh, commands? Did you find that? Well, well we only know of, of uh, one, two, three, four, five orders. Okay that have that are that are known we only know of five there is um two non-canon orders that were mentioned in a series of books that are that are now legends okay but um so to confirm there are order 66 wasn't the only order uh, apparently it's a contingency of orders for the grand army of the republic and it goes from numbers one through 50 there are or one through 150. There are 150 
of these orders. Just baked with clones. Yep, that they are that they are trained to follow without hesitation as soon as they are ordered. And apparently, uh, there are only three bodies of people that can give order orders. Uh, one of them is the Security Council. Uh, one of them is the Senate, I believe, and the other one is the Chancellor. So two of them are Chancellor Palpatine. <laughs> I am the Senate. <laughs> That's kind of unfair. <clears throat> Checks and balances there. So we obviously we obviously know what uh, Order sixty six is, which is basically. Uh, I, can actually, I can I can read it to you like the entire order if you want. <clears throat> All right, let's hear Order sixty six because I've got a question about this. In the event of Jedi officers acting against the interests of the Republic and after receiving specific orders verified as coming directly from the Supreme Commander or Chancellor. GAR commanders will remove those officers by lethal force and command of the GAR will revert to the Supreme Commander or Chancellor until a new command structure is established. Grand Army of the Republic. Um, yes. So I've always kind of thought that Order 66 was just like a secret. Like the Jedi wouldn't even know it existed. Well, I mean, I don't think they would have known any of this existed. And I don't even think the Senate knew of any of the other orders or the Security Council to where, to where they could actually enact some of these, like, some, like another one that I'm about to tell you, which is pretty crazy. But uh, because the Jedi Council didn't even know, like when Obi-Wan goes to Kamino, he's like, that's why I'm here, to check on these clones. You know what I mean? Like nobody knows what you think this is happening. They would have given Yoda the owner's manual before he, they he took him out. I think that the Kaminoans are just super proud of what they do, and they followed everything to the directives, and wouldn't have thought that you could bake in, you know, a series of orders or things like that. You know, I mean, somebody, so, I mean, somebody, somebody would have to know, but maybe, maybe they only said that you know that we have like a few things that are kind of baked into these guys that they can enact something should have become a problem i mean Maybe. the Camino wins they definitely knew they did the programming here's a thumb drive just well <clears throat> literally it's like an organic chip yeah in their head yeah which some of them in the mm -hmm. clone wars don't aren't affected by because there's something wrong with their chip right well and some of them find out about it and they have it removed and there's a whole arc in the Clone War series about this. I've watched it a long time. Yeah, I have to, I have you know, to there's, watch it. There's mention of that in the Ahsoka book. Yep, yep. One of her... Rex. Her, yeah, Rex. Like the main clone commander that we know. Call me Captain Orsa. Now, Cody didn't have his removed. Obviously not. So, um, but yeah, so you don't... I mean, by the sounds of this, it's giving bodies the opportunity, like, so you have the Security Council, and you have the Senate, and you have the Chancellor. Now, yeah. if, if, like, the Security Council, it's laid out, the Security Council and the Senate have authority to do this, this, and this, you think the Security Council and the Senate know about that authority, so they know about these orders. 
you would think, well, maybe they order, maybe they know about some of them. Maybe they don't know about all of them. Well, I mean, if they know of anything past Order 66, you'd think they'd question, well, what are the other, you know, 89, you know, if they know about 90 of them or if they know about 100, they'd be like, what are the previous 99 orders? Want a list? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I just, like, the thing is, like, because you're right if they knew about it they would know about but it, but it does say in the event of jedi officers acting against the interests of the republic you know what i mean right so you wouldn't think that the it's just a contingency you know yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't think like, yeah i guess like even if i was padme or whoever i wouldn't or, or bail organa i wouldn't think that they would just attack all of the jedi but the Chancellor says each and every Jedi is now an enemy of the Republic. Yeah. And everybody it's else agrees. All these Jedi. Yeah. And, and when, the, when the Order was only supposed to be against Jedi officers, not the entire Jedi Order. Mm. So what are, the other, uh, what are the other ones that we know of? So there's Order 4, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's in the event of the Supreme Chancellor being incapacitated, overall GAR command shall fall to the Vice Chair of the Senate until a successor is appointed or alternative, alternative authority is identified as outlined in Section 6. Masamita? Which, you know, uh, the bureaucrats. Here come the bureaucrats. They Remember, have the real power. We were discussing several podcasts ago who we would each be in the star wars galaxy and you said i would be like you're like oh, you'd probably be like han solo and i was like you know who you'd be you're a producer you know who you'd be like Make the, guy, the guy running the show apparently yeah, behind the be scenes i'd be like the wizard of oz the man behind the curtain but uh yeah, no, I mean, he is close to the Chancellor, I guess. It is a good position of power. I'd probably, yeah, I'm hey, not when the Chancellor, there. when Palpatine falls later in the aftermath books, technically he is the head of the Empire. Yeah, no, I mean, it's got to be. And then, so the next one is uh, pretty interesting, too. I swore I saw something a little bit different than this, but I guess maybe not. So order five, we have order five, order four and five, and then it skips a bunch. But in the event of the Supreme Chancellor being declared unfit to issue orders, as defined in section six, the chief of the defense staff shall assume GAR command and form a strategic cell of senior officers until a successor is appointed or alternative authority identified. Hmm. So that's an interesting one. And then we have uh, order 37 which uh, this is the one that I thought was pretty crazy. Order 37. Capture of a single wanted individual through the mass arrest and threatened execution of a civilian population. Follow-up directives include scenarios for body disposal of civilian casualties and suppression of communications. So there's an order to do mass execution to get a single person and then a cleanup job? Essentially, yeah. I mean, well, mass arrest and threatened execution of a civilian population. And if the people don't 
you know, if the people don't bend the knee or fall in line, then yeah, follow-up directives include scenarios for body disposal of civilian casualties and also stopping them from communicating to each other. Sure. Yeah. That, that's pretty heavy. That's heavy-handed right there. That's, 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 that's some imperial type shit. Yeah, well, that's where you get the, uh, that's the seeds being planted right there. And then uh, Order 65, which was pretty crazy too. Um, this, so Order 65 is related to Order 4 and 5. Um, I don't know why it took 60 orders to get to this one. But in the event of either a majority in the Senate declaring the Supreme Chancellor to be unfit to issue orders, or the Security Council declaring him or her to be unfit to issue orders, an authenticated order being received by the GAR, commander shall be authorized to detain the Supreme success or the Supreme Chancellor with lethal lethal fourth fourth. I'm gonna start this over again. <laughs> you can just edit this. <sighs> the event of either a majority in the Senate declaring the Supreme Chancellor to be unfit to issue orders, or the Security Council declaring him to be unfit to issue orders. And an authenticated order being received by the GAR, commander shall be authorized to detain the Supreme Chancellor with lethal force if necessary, and command of the GAR shall fall to the acting chancellor until a successor is appointed or alternative author authority identified as outlined in section six. So if they had if the Senate had issued order sixty-five, they'd all be gumming for the Chancellor. I, I wonder how that would have gone down in episode three. If the Senate had sided with the Jedi and they they had figured everything out earlier, Nick Windu had just went straight to the Senate and been like, "Oh no, they would have let the clones go. They would let the clones go." I wonder. I wonder what no, would happen uh, if like you went to the Senate and been like, "Hey, this is what we think is going on with the Chancellor. You all need to execute ex Order sixty five until we figure this out." Yeah, but I, I, I do you think that the Chancellor would go willingly? <clears throat> no. Well, maybe at that point. Because Anakin, he hasn't revealed himself to Anakin yet. Well, no. So let's let's use a different timeline. Yeah. Right? Let's say he revealed himself to Anakin. Right. Mace Windu instead goes to the Senate. Right. Instead of going to arrest the Chancellor. Right. That's what I'm saying. Um, mm. so, so, now, so now the Senate issues Order 65, which doesn't allow Order 66 to take place. Right, because he the, stripped of all power at that point. Of all powers at that point. So, yeah. what, what were you saying, T? So, what I'm hearing right now is that we want a Star Wars version of Marvel's "What If." Oh, most definitely. That's basically the uh, basis of entire episodes we've had. Uh, hypotheticals. What if just this little thing like happens? I would have. Yeah, I mean, and the only thing that changes is. Mace Windu, instead of going with some people from the council to arrest Palpatine, he goes to the Senate a Security Council, pleads his case, and the Security Council does this order. It's By literally, it's literally, yeah. it literally it's, it's like a five-minute difference. But <laughs> he's not going to go to the Senate and because he is like, Palpatine is praised as the guy who's bringing him through this war. And... <clears throat> He's like looked. He's definitely not like a Donald Trump figure, you know. He's he's like a George Washington, Abraham. You know, he's he's beloved. So going right. to the Senate and being like, yeah, hey, uh, 
Gandhi over here is uh, we think we we think he's uh, he's crooked. He's uh, he's a Sith Lord. <clears throat> Because that's made but, but, him blind. Think, he has think, control think, of the Senate and the courts. He's too dangerous to be that bad. At that point in time, yeah, because that, like he, like basically, Mace Windu enacted Order sixty five on his own merit, thinking that it wouldn't be a big deal. Um, but then who knows what the fallout would have been? So, like, if he would have killed Palpatine, what would the Senate have done with the Jedi? Hmm. How would they have like execute Order sixty six? Yeah, you would. Yeah, I mean, you would think that that would I'm be nice the outcome anyway, right? Um, maybe not against all Jedi, but against the officers or at least the Jedi Council. But Mace Windu, um, there, there are um, whether it's canon or not anymore, I can't remember, but there are different um, hierarchies in the Jedi Council itself. There's like one person who's like the head dude, and there's a second in command type deal mace windu was that person for a long time yeah i think there used to be four permanent seats on the council yeah but there's permanent seats and there's things like that but uh there's they have to be elected to be like the the lead council person the person who like speaks for the council basically mace windu was that person yeah so you think that the senate if he goes to the security council and was like, we, you know, if, if please this case be like, we, we did this, this didn't happen. We have to, we should probably talk about order 65. Just, just, just detain him for a little while. Just as a precaution. Absolutely. What do you think T do you, if he had gone to the Senate or the court, not, not the Senate, the security council. Okay. The security council. Who's made up of what again? So the Security Council is a group of monks, the Galactic Senate, that was charged with overseeing the security of the Galactic Republic. Uh, they have a list of powers. One of them is to initiate Order 65. Does it say which senators specifically were in the Security Council? This is, uh, it doesn't say what senators are or were on it, but um, it was mentioned in the Republic Commando True Colors. Hmm. But... It's made up, yeah, it's a group among the Galactic Senate. So I would assume it's something like what we have in our political arena in the United States. We have an intelligence committee, things like that. You know what I mean? Um, that's made Someone up of that, these people are probably in Palpatine's inner circle. They're already in his pocket. They could be, but I mean, I guess, the, I think that as a Jedi, granted Mace Windu does use the Vapod style, right? Um, <laughs> As a Jedi, you would think that you would try to go through the appropriate arena first because if these, like, like I said earlier, if these guys are in their pocket, what what happens if he does kill Palpatine? What happens if he does? And it looks like a coup from the Jedi, and then Order sixty six could potentially be enacted anyway. Yeah, but you probably don't get a bunch of dead younglings. True. I mean, you might still have a surviving Jedi Order. They but probably it's be, detain the council. There would, be, there would be laws enacted to govern the Jedi. They wouldn't be their own body anymore at that point in time. You know what well, I mean? Essentially, they already lost. Like they were already slowly losing. Oh, they already had lost that. Basically, I mean, the Chancellor is appointing people to their council. 
You're like, oh yeah, hey, uh, Anakin, you're gonna be my rep on the council now. Interesting. And so, I mean, that goes back to uh, Rebel Force Radio, a uh, huge Star Wars podcast uh, with Jason and Jimmy. They were talking about that in particular when when Mace Windu goes to arrest Palpatine, does he actually have jurisdiction to do so? Does the Jedi? Yeah. Do the Jedi have jurisdiction? <laughs> were they was he right in what he was doing legally? Uh I would I would say once I, I would say maybe. Um, I guess there's probably some sort of emergency directive type thing um, because originally he was just going there to tell Palpatine that Grievous was killed and to make sure power was restored to the Senate. Right. And Anakin says this whole ordeal. So at that point in time, once it's learned that this guy is a Sith, I think it becomes a Jedi matter as opposed to more of a Senate matter. So I think... Well, then you'd think that they would have had, um, they should have had authority to enact Order 65. We see, but yes, but they, they were already be, like the commanders of the clone army, but they couldn't enact these orders. But, orders, clone but, army. but Order 65 is only against the Chancellor himself and against the Jedi's hubris, you know what I mean? What happens when everyone finds out that everybody, the Senate, the Jedi, let the leader of the Sith become the Chancellor of the Republic? It, not only does it look terrible... That wasn't the Jedi. I don't even think they vote. I, I know, but the Jedi didn't know. They didn't see it. They didn't sense it. Things that like they're supposed to know some of these things, and they weren't even aware of the Sith returning until Episode 1. Hmm. When Darth Maul came back, and it wasn't that, it wasn't that, that much further, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have assumed Palpatine would be the guy. You know what I mean? Right, right. Nobody did. Yeah. So, uh, and then we talked about this in a previous podcast too about how who how many people know that Palpatine is actually a Sith? How many times does he use his power in front of people? that aren't just his people or like his personal guards and shit like Does that. It? Because even, even the guy, the main guy that you said that I would be second in command, he leaves the, no, he sees it, right? He knows. He, yeah, he does know. Masamita knows. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that any of the Senate knows unless they were. Think so. Unless they're a part of huge, huge systems, I don't think they know anything. Even I, I think he knew. Count Dooku knew, and but see, I don't even think Grievous knew that Sidious and Palpatine were the same person. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's in, uh, even yeah, no, no way, no way. So it just seems well, outrageous to think that the Chancellor could be a Sith, but once it is discovered that he is. He uh, it becomes a Jedi order. That's why. That's well, why here's the big question. What were you gonna say, T? Well, so like we were talking about just before we jumped on for the podcast, I just finished reading the uh, Count Dooku Jedi lost, lost. Jet, yeah, Jedi lost, and one of uh, Dooku's 
apprentices is the ones that introduced uh, him to Palpatine. Yeah, Rail Amaros. So I would I asked Josh if if um, Rail knew that Palpatine was a Sith, and he's like, "Well, you got to read this book." <laughs> <laughs> you got to so. read the next book. Um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous, and there's actually so there's two. There's two non-canon orders that um, appear. There's Order Six. Um, order Six. That was a Big Mac with a large Coke. It appears in uh, a clone trooper always obeys orders. It's a non-canonical appearance, but it was one of the contingency orders the clones learned during the training. Camino was to. It was an order from the to the clones from the Supreme Chancellor to throw away their com links as soon as possible. Hmm. Okay. And then there was Order 64, but it was never actually referenced as a specific order. Apparently, um, this was this took place in Star Wars Miniatures, the Clone Wars advertisement. Sometime after killing uh, the Jedi Hunter Dirge and disabling the Separatist General Grievous in battle, a group of clone troopers under the command of Jedi Commander Ahsoka Tano wondered what the next orders were going to be. As they were walking away from uh, now immobilized Grievous, one of the clone troopers asked his squad mates whether they were up to either Order 64 or 65. And you remember Order 65 as going against the Chancellor. Mm. So why would they be talking about it openly if it's hard if it's hardwired into a chip? <clears throat> well, I don't think that <clears throat> I don't think that it's just hardwired into their chip just these orders <clears throat> that's what i was trying to get at earlier i think these orders which i never realized but just hearing all this laid out i think these orders are common knowledge to everybody yeah and then it's, it's the ability to like they they have to question your orders yeah. yeah yeah i agree with that yeah so i think that they're that everybody knows about them but the ability for them to be like mm, so like with rex and stuff he questioned it because you know, yeah. oh, just suddenly kill all the Jedi when I've been fighting with these guys for the past three years. We're brothers in arms. We're friends. Mm, yeah, I don't think so. Um, but back to what you were saying about the embarrassment of people finding out about the Chancellor being a Sith. How big of a deal would it, would, I mean, if the Chancellor was a Sith, how big of a deal would it make to most people? uh well i mean i guess a lot of people don't know really about them right even the jedi thought they were extinct for a long period of time i don't think the common knowledge of the senate would think that it's bad or whatever because even if you listen to palpatine speak to anakin about it not just the narrow dogmatic view of the jedi i'm sure there's a lot of people in the senate who don't agree with the jedi either so it's just another version of four sensitive people that that's another religion yeah um so it comes out all right so let's say so let's take our last two presidents trump and obama and it comes to light that uh their religion is some crazy old mystics that once ruled the galaxy or ruled the world you know they that ruled the world years ago or I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what we can uh, relate the Sith to. 
like uh, somebody who worships evil spirits or something. Um, but like the people who support Obama, the people who support Trump, you think that's going to make a big difference to them? No, and we already see that today with the impeachment proceedings and things like that and everything that's been proven and stuff. The biggest controversy Obama had was that he wore a brown tie once. Um, <laughs> you look at all these things that are happening now and there is still a base that just blindly follows and they don't care about well, I mean, the trains run on time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, yeah, they don't, they don't care about the evidence. They don't, they don't. Um, they're just like, this, this is our guy. Um, so, so I yeah, think I think, yeah, it would, it would have probably, it probably would have divided everything in half and it probably would have been a bigger war. Hmm. I think it would have, I think it would have split the Senate in half. And I think the Senate, I think depending on who was on the security council at that point in time, I think that there would have been a good portion of people that tried to create their own sex of, uh, like a rebellion but i think the rebellion would have been bigger hmm. you know you know what i mean i think yeah, that there's already like five thousand systems that had signed like this thing to go against the chancellor's powers that's in the uh if you read the revenge of the sith novelization yeah well i mean it's it's hard to say what would actually happen like you like we words and you know small little uh you know pres presidential decrees whatever they're called directives or whatever right they're uh you know what i mean they're only important during the time while that person's in power and also only important as the people who would enact them on it we see all the time that things get overturned in court so it's it's tough to say i think that if it was revealed as this and it, like you're talking about like a fair trial right like if it was like like the senate could listen to a jedi speak and then listen to palpatine right, speak right um i think it would be split pretty damn pretty well i mean even at this split. point the only evidence they have really is anakin's word yeah you know, like, at, that, at, at that point at that point this time, guy over here. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, at that point in time, you would be relying on Anakin to tell the truth, I guess. And maybe Mace Windu acted so quickly like that because he knew the Chancellor had the the ability to enact Order Sixty Six. Maybe, and maybe it was also a possibility that he knew that Anakin. Maybe he didn't know Anakin was going to go, but he knew Anakin was conflicted, obviously. Yeah. So, and he wanted Anakin to be on his side because of the prophecy. He, I think, feel like he did believe in the prophecy. So he just went and tried to do it, get it done, cut the head off the, the Hydra. There's, there's a hypothetical that I've asked before, T. If Mace Windu had just shown a little faith in Anakin, it wouldn't have, I don't think it would have mattered. Oh, I think it would have. If if Mace had been a little nicer to Anakin, especially right then. Actually, I saw a meme <clears throat> the other day, and it was uh, it's when Mace has got his saber, he's got Palpatine down, and he's like, he's too dangerous to be left alive. 
And Anakin's like, no, it's against the Jedi code to kill an unarmed prisoner. Or, you know, and Mace is like, look, Anakin, if you let me do this, go against the Jedi code, I'll give you a free pass to go against something too. No questions asked. <laughs> and Anakin goes, so you mean it'd be okay if I were to marry uh, Senator Palpatine and raise her, chi- her unborn child? Senator, you're going to marry Senator Palpatine? Or Senator Palpatine. Senator Amidala and raise her unborn child. And he's like, yeah, that's oddly specific, but yeah, sure. <laughs> credits. Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's tons of hypotheticals that, that might have changed everything. But at the point in time, Anakin had been having visions of Padme dying, and he was convinced that only Palpatine could help him. Um, so you know, convincing him otherwise of that would be very different but the only reason that he went against it is because he didn't want to lose padme to death not to the jedi order and just say that we couldn't can't be together because he was i think he i think at that point in time anakin just would have left the jedi order but i don't think the jedi would have allowed him to because he is so powerful and is so strong well what are they gonna do i mean they have left before i mean yeah no but i i think that I think they would have allowed any, anything to happen, but what I'm saying is Anakin would not have agreed to that because he, th- he is convinced that Padme is going to die and that only this guy can help him. Mm. Yeah, well, Palpatine, we talked about Chris uh, Terrio talking about Palpatine being a chess player, and man, he pulled a checkmate right there. But yeah, he played the game. And there's, there's no like you can go through as many hypothetical scenarios as you want, but it doesn't change unless Palpatine is alive for Anakin. And in 13 days, we're gonna find out just exactly how many hypotheticals he went through, how many scenarios Palpatine played through, you know, what all his contingencies were. Because Palpatine's still playing the game. Oh yeah. The game. I am the game. I am the game. Yeah. All right, boys. It's time for me to uh, call. Tell us where people can uh, like, follow you. Uh, I guess the best place is Instagram at C Shreffler. That's C S C H R E F F as in Frank L E R. I post a lot of stuff there just regarding the stuff that I do in my life, uh, mostly videos. Mr. Mr. T Green. The only place you're going to find me is Facebook. T Green. Soon I'm going to be starting a Thaddeus Green uh, <laughs> fan club page. And uh, yeah, you can, uh, you can like, follow, share that. Uh, by the way, congratulations are in order to our friend T. T, you want to tell him what your big news is? Um. Well, the wife is pregnant. Again. Uh, again. Yep. Um, we found out on the fourth that it's gonna be a boy. Congratulations. It's gonna be Thaddeus the third. The third. The third. Is it is it Anakin really for short? What's that? Is it really gonna be Thaddeus the third or T the third? Tadgis, yes. Tadgis the third. Tadgis the turd. The turd. Anakin turd. for short. <laughs> we know we all know what happens with the thirds. We look at Larry. <laughs> so Casey, now now you know 
since you guys are oddly aligned with children, <laughs> uh, your next child will be a boy, and it will be uh, Tad just third. Yeah, it'll be Thaddeus. <laughs> that is, yes, because it has to be. It has to be yeah. slightly different. Slightly different. So <laughs> Thaddeus or Cradius. Thaddeus is a sweet name. Thaddeus. So, it sounds like a medieval Roman. Come here, Thaddeus. It was well. Thaddeus was one of the disciples. I feel like that's what I would name like a really big dog or a really good horse. One of the people I work with, uh, he's been apparently playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption 2. And as soon as you log online for the first time, it gives you a name. And he's like, it just popped up that it was Thaddeus Benjamin something or another. Well, what's your middle name? <laughs> Joseph. Thaddeus Joseph. Thaddeus Joseph. So <laughs> it's uh, apparently becoming more and more popular. Yeah, I'm sure it's gonna make a comeback. You can, we can do it. Yeah, with you and with hashtag you and him. Facts. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. I am Josh Roach. We are the Talking Sith. There are now 12 days for us. Still 13 days for Casey. Still the rise of Skywalker. Hit us up at Talking Sith Podcast. Talking Sith Pod uh, at gmail.com. Talking Sith Podcast across all social media platforms look out for our polls let us know what your questions are tell us what your hypotheticals are and we look forward to hearing from you may the force be with you always this is the way this is the way good Everything expressed in the podcast is the intellectual property of Talking Sith. We are not affiliated with Disney or Lucasfilm in any way. Star Wars is their property. We just like to talk about it.